Greetings, saints of God. This is Pastor Monty Lester, the senior pastor of the Cedar Grove Church, located right here in beautiful Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we welcome you to our online uh, sanctuary, our cyber sanctuary today. And we welcome you to come and experience what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to you. I believe you're not here by accident. I truly believe that you're here by divine providence because the Spirit of the Lord has something significant that he desires to say and share to you. So grab your family, grab your Bibles. We're getting ready to dig into the Word of God today to see what the Spirit has to say to the church. Before we get started, though, today is a very special day. Today is June 28, uh, 2020. Today is my mom's birthday. Yes. Uh, the one that, the first one to show me what unconditional love is truly about, uh, the one that instilled values of integrity, uh, hard work, uh, the one who loves me, uh, knows me and loves me anyway. So do me a favor today, send my mom some love. Mom, happy birthday. We love you and we thank God for you. Amen, amen. And now it's time for the word. I wanna call your attention to the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus uh, chapter three. Exodus chapter 3 and we'll look today verses 1 through 14 Exodus chapter 3 verses 1 through 14 and what I want to focus on as we go into the text uh, verses 1 through 14 will be our focus and our foundation um, but I want to call your attention specifically uh, to verse number 10 through 12 Exodus chapter 3 verses 10 through 12 and the New King James translation reads as follows uh, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you when you have brought the people of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Uh, I'm getting ready to pray, and the Lord would and I want to speak from the subject coming from that 10th verse there where it says, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh. Amen. Uh, the Lord and I want to minister from the subject when it's time to go back. Yes, when it's time to go back. Let's pray. Precious Lord, we praise you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this time of sharing. We thank you for uh, you sending your word. We thank you for every minute and moment of preparation, oh God, but you're the final editor of this message. Take out what needs to be taken out. Put in what needs to be put in so that your people may hear from thee and not from me. Lord, I pray now that you take me your servant, hide me behind your cross. Let no flesh be seen, uh, that your word and your word be, may be glorified. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's in the name of Jesus we do pray. Somebody loves him, shout amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor on your couch and say, when it's time to go back, amen. The Lord and I want to minister from the subject or talk about the subject of purpose today. Purpose. Uh, Webster's Dictionary talks about purpose and it defines it as follows. The reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Let me say that again. Webster says the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. That's Webster's definition of purpose. Uh, Rick Warren talks about this subject of purpose in his book, Purpose Driven Life. And Rick puts it this way. Uh, the answer to your question, why on earth 
am I here? Why on earth am I here? Amen. Purpose. Talking about purpose. And I want to even take it a little further from Webster's and Rick Warren's definition. Lester's definition is your God-given purpose. Uh, uh, the reason why uh, uh, God has created you, which includes living for something bigger than yourself. Yes, living for something bigger than yourself. Because I just believe a God-given purpose is bigger than you. It's never been about us. Amen. It's always been about God. Hallelujah. And if there was ever time that we need to walk in purpose, that's the time is now. I believe God is calling all of us. He's getting our undivided attention uh, to call us and to walk into uh, his purpose, to consider what is it that he's created us for? And why has he allowed these things to happen that we see in the earth on this day? Because he's challenging us and charging each and every one of us to walk in our God given purpose. Amen. And I just believe that uh, as we look at uh, the things that we're dealing with, uh, as a matter of fact, God has given me a sermon series, and this is the last one sermon in that series called Giants Do Fall. Amen. Uh, Giants Do Fall. Hallelujah. And the primary point is that, that we need to acknowledge that whenever we get, God is getting ready to do something through us, we must face giants. Uh, we must face obstacles. We may face things that stand between the promise and the provision. Amen. Uh, we must understand that it's not easy to possess what God has promised, but it is worth it. Yes, let me say that again. It's never easy, but it is worth it. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. And uh, as we get ready to possess what God has promised, yes, Lord, we must understand that we, may prepare, we must prepare to face giants. And I just want to remind you today that giants do fall. We talked about this. We talked about this process of giants falling with uh, Naaman, who was one had a, giant, had a giant disease. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. And we were reminded, don't despise the process. Yes, don't despise the process. Yes, uh, giants fall, but it's, it can be done immediately, but sometimes it takes a process. Yes, Lord. Also, as it relates to this series of giants do fall, we, God took us to Ephesians chapter 6, and he told us how to fight against powers and principalities. Amen. Uh, giants do fall. We should put on the whole armor of God. Hallelujah. And now the Lord wants to talk about uh, today uh, a giant situation where the people of Israel were facing. Uh, and I want to remind you that giants do fall. Today I want to talk about when it's time to go back. Yes, when it's time to go back uh, to tell Pharaoh, to tell uh, oppressive forces that it's time to let my people go. When God commands us to go back to, to situations and circumstance that we left uh, where we left the call, where we left our purpose, yes, Lord, uh, from which God has called us. And oftentimes we'll leave purpose for a good excuse, yes. Uh, but I believe God is calling us now to confront it, uh, to go back to uh, and consider, what is it that you have made me for? Yes, why am I created? And, uh, and although you may have good excuses for leaving purpose, I believe that God is saying, you know what, it's time to go back. It's time to consider, what on earth am I here for? And specifically, I want to talk today to the church. Amen. I want to talk to the church today. There's a scripture that continues to uh, come up in my spirit as we've gone going through this season where we're facing some giants in our country, where we're facing some giants in our nation. Yes. Uh, this scripture is Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 14, uh, where the word of God says that if my people who are called by my name uh, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal 
the land. Yes, Lord. Uh, in other words, God is calling for his people. Uh, God is calling for his people uh, to rise up. I believe that's the primary purpose of the church, uh, 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 to come and to be the solution to the problems that the world faces. Amen. Uh, the church is called to be the solution to the problems that the world may face today. And when you look at the face uh, problems or the giants that we face in our land today, yes, Lord, dealing with uh, a great disease or a giant disease, uh, dealing with uh, a giant pandemic, uh, uh, dealing with great death, great division, hallelujah. I just believe today uh, that God is calling us, the church, yes, Lord, uh, to come together uh, to be the solution to this situation. And I understand, I understand, I understand, because believe it or not, uh, our problems that we face are multifaceted. Yes, it's, it's, these are not easy problems uh, uh, that we must face. Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, if it was a Facebook status, uh, we would say that it's complicated. It's complicated. In other words, it's chess and not checkers. Yes. And because of the complexity of the situation, many have thrown in the towel. Many have said, you know what? I'm done with it. I, I don't uh, I don't have the answers to the situation. But again, I just believe that God is saying today that it's time to go back. Uh, it's time for us to, uh, uh, that love one another. Yes, uh, uh, th those of us that love what God has called us to do, to understand uh, that God has called us to be united. Uh, God has called us to understand that only love can conquer hate. Uh, that the church uh, is to be united, to stand for what's right. Yes, Lord, in a time when everyone else falls for what's wrong. God is calling for us, yes, Lord, to be a part of the solution. And now at this moment, uh, it's the mission of the church, yes, to be the agents of healing, the agents of reconciliation. And I know people want to pick up their brick and they want to burn down a building, yes, Lord, but, but we have to pivot uh, to a situation where we're building and not burning, yes, Lord, where we're coming together uh, to stomp out the division that exists in our situation. And now, in this moment, on this 28th day of June, 2020, God is calling us and letting us know that it's time to go back. Can we go deeper today? Yes. Well, that brings me to my text, because in this third chapter of the book of Exodus, uh, we're talking about a time where the children of Israel, uh, God's covenant people, yes, they are in a situation where they're in bondage. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're in Egyptian bondage, and they've been in Egyptian bondage for 400 long years. Um, and the Bible talks about that. It says they were oppressed by a new Pharaoh that knew not Joseph nor his God. And this new Pharaoh, he used his power, he used his position, he used every possession at his disposal to inflict pain and to impress others. But does anybody know that God is a God that sees all and he knows all? And the Bible says that in this time that he said he saw the affliction of his people, yes, and, and he heard their cry, yes, Lord. And God is the one who sees and hears. He always has a plan uh, to deliver a plan to renew, a plan to revive, and a plan to restore. He raises up uh, uh, an unlikely candidate named Moses, yes, Lord, to go and tell Pharaoh to let God's people go, yes, Lord. I'm grateful today that I have a God that hears. Uh, I'm grateful today that I have a God that knows my situation and is able to do something about it. And today we want to talk about that situation. We want to talk about how, uh, when it's time to go back. He, he calls Moses to go back and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Can we go deeper today? Amen. Because as we go through the text, I, I want to talk about, first of all, defining moments. Uh, 
First point is a defining moment. Yes, Lord. Um, defining moments. Yes, Lord. Uh, this, this moment when God chose Moses to take on a difficult mission, to uh, walk in divine power, and to deliver from bondage uh, his children to their predestined purpose. Uh, a defining moment. I'm in verse number 10. The Bible says, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. A defining moment. Amen. Uh, this is a moment in Moses' life. And many of you who are familiar with Moses' testimony, you understand that Moses had three uh, different periods of his life, three different 40-year periods of his life. Moses lived to be a 120 years old. In the first 40 years of his life, uh, Moses grew up in the land of Egypt. Uh, he was raised uh, as the daughter of Pharaoh had brought him out of the river. His name means drawn out because there was a, uh, he was drawn out of the river, but also because there was a greatness inside of him that God wanted to draw out. You know Moses' testimony. So uh, in the first 40 years of his life, uh, Moses grew up as uh, the prince of Egypt. He grew up uh, under uh, the leadership taught and tutored and trained in all of the finery of Egypt. But at the age of 40, something rose up in Moses, uh, and he had an understanding of who he truly was. Uh, he had an understanding of his purpose in life and, and who God had called him to be. Amen. As a matter of fact, uh, he was raised in Egypt, but he was a Hebrew. Yes, he was born uh, a Hebrew. He was born as a part of the children of Israel. And Moses, at the age of 40, uh, saw an Egyptian fighting uh, 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 an Israelite. And because of he understood uh, what was inside of him, Moses uh, uh, killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. And because he murdered a man, yes, Lord, Moses, he fled from Egypt and spent the next 40 years, from the age of 40 to the age of 80, uh, in the wilderness. Yes, in the wilderness, uh, on the backside of the desert. Uh, uh, and now, at the age of 80, God is calling him, yes, uh, a defining moment, uh, calling him and saying, you know what, Moses, it's now time to go back. It's time to go back and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. In the last 40 years of his life, Moses went back, as you know the story, um, uh, to deliver and to speak to Pharaoh and deliver the children of Israel. And for the next 40 years, led them through the wilderness. So 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness, and then 40 years leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. That was Moses' 120-year life. But that, before all of that began, uh, uh, what transitioned Moses into uh, the deliverer? that God had called him to be, is that he had a defining moment. And that defining moment is found right here in Exodus chapter 3, verse number 10, where God speaks to him and says, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Yes, Lord, uh, a defining moment. Uh, at this moment in Moses' life, Moses was chilling. Uh, again, uh, the period between 40 and now he's 80. Uh, Moses had ch was chilling. He, he had uh, had a wife. He had children. And believe it or not, Moses uh, had everything uh, going for him. He, he didn't need, uh, his ego didn't need an assignment. His ego didn't need a uh, 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 purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But do you understand that purpose is something that chooses us? 
and we don't choose it. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, and, and Moses, uh, although he had several excuses why he should not be a good candidate, amen, God sent, uh, spoke to him out of the midst of a burning bush, got his attention, yes, Lord, through the angel of the Lord. And, and as Moses turned to hear what the Lord was saying unto him, God had a defining moment in Moses' life and said, you know what, now that I have your undivided attention, I'm calling you, Moses, uh, to go back to the place that you left, to go back to that situation that you ran from, uh, to go back. Yes, I know they got warrants for you. I know you get in the Egypt's post office with a picture on the wall as Egypt's most wanted. Yes, Lord, to go back and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. In other words, uh, this defining moment was when God called him into his God-given purpose. Yes, Lord. And believe it or not, uh, one of the things I love about purpose, again, is that purpose doesn't, we don't choose purpose. Mm, purpose chooses us. Chooses us. Yes, Lord. Purpose is something that challenges us to walk through and to march through our, our fears, our failures, uh, the response of our flesh. Yes, Lord. Uh, and to walk by faith. And to do what God has called us to do. Because just like Moses, many of us have good excuses. We have good reasons that the devil will give you for free as it relates to why you should not go. Hallelujah. But if God is calling you to something, yes, Lord, uh, I, I challenge and charge each and every one of us to walk in that God-given purpose. Yes, uh, to do it with passion. Yes, Lord. Because believe it or not, when you walk in purpose and when you walk with passion, yes, Lord, this is not something that, uh, 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 that you do for pay. Amen. Uh, not saying that pay is not a part of the program. Hallelujah. Because God does believe in and taking care of those that, that will uh, follow his principles. Yes, Lord. But, but pay is not the primary motivator. Catch that. Hallelujah. Amen. And even in the midst of that, uh, that you'll walk through problems with the intention of pleasing God. And I just believe today that God has some people that he's calling forth. Yes. Uh, in this defining moment, when we see so much in our society that God is calling us as the children of Israel, uh, uh, as, as God's chosen people, those of us that are part of the church, that have been called out. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, separated. Yes. Uh, to do our part. Uh, in this defining moment, yes, I believe that there's a judicial um, uh, need. I believe there's an educational need. I believe there's an economic need. But I believe, hallelujah, that if we're called to be what God has called us to be in this country, that there is a spiritual need. That if my people who are called by my name, who will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven right then. And then I will forgive their sins and I will heal that land, yes, Lord, defining moments. And I just believe that's where we are today. I believe that that's where we are today. We're in a defining moment as a country, amen. A defining moment where, uh, as the country was founded with the Declaration of Independence, that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Hallelujah, that we are promised these inalienable, inalienable rights of, of life, liberty, and the pursuit of justice. Yes, Lord. And I believe that although there's a judicial, economic, and educational part, that I believe that if hearts are going to be changed, that the church, yes, Lord, the church has to answer in this defining moment. Yes, Lord. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Because believe it or not, God is a God of divine timing. Amen. 
God is a God of divine timing. Uh, uh, 400 years the children of Israel have been in bondage, yes, Lord. But God is a God of divine timing because later on when they were in uh, uh, um, bondage again, hallelujah, he let them stay there for 70 years. And, and even now in the country of the United States of America with the things that we see that are right and the things that we see that are wrong, hallelujah, God has defined this moment, this divine timing that he has set up for the church to be the answer to what God is doing. Yes, he's using this moment, amen, amen. He uses moments like this, amen, amen, amen. But not only defining moments, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, not only defining moments, yes, Lord, a defining moment, yes, Lord. Now, I don't talk about a difficult mission, a difficult mission, hallelujah. I'm still in verse 10, the Bible says, come now therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people the children of Israel out of Egypt. Uh, a difficult mission, hallelujah, a difficult mission. Uh, and the reason why this mission is difficult because some of you know the history of the text. Uh, there is a new Pharaoh. Uh, there is a new person in charge uh, that has raised up, that has got in position. Not the same one that Joseph served under uh, when he designed the plan for uh, to feast during the famine, but there was a new Pharaoh. And the Bible says that this Pharaoh was different uh, because he knew not Joseph nor his God. Mm. Uh, in other words, he was an ungodly man. Uh, uh, and, and we all understand that when we have wickedness in high places, when we have people that do not fear God, uh, who knew not Joseph uh, nor his God, when God does not let, uh, is not the moral compass, hallelujah, uh, they're in positions where, in high places where they can set laws and legislation, yes, that will not benefit everybody, uh, but, but they will use their position and power to oppress others. And that's what was going on here. Uh, he had a difficult mission. He said, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt, yes, Lord. And some of you know this Pharaoh, yes, Lord. Uh, he was a stubborn kind of fellow. Uh, he was a type of person that uh, did not uh, listen on the first time around. He was a person that he had a little Missouri in him where you had to show him some things. Yes, he was a stubborn kind of fellow. But does anybody know that God hasn't made anything that he can't handle? Yes, Lord. And although you may face some powers and principalities, although we may face spiritual wickedness in high places, I believe that God always raises up and uh, calls somebody, yes, Lord, to be his agent uh, that will look at the defining moments, yes, Lord, and take on the difficult assignment, yes, and understand that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Yes, Lord, uh, God hasn't made any anything that he can't handle. And sometimes, you know what, God is saying, you know what, this is a job for Jesus. And, and I don't know about you, but I thank God that he is a deliverer. Uh, the song says, you made a way. As a matter of fact, somebody can relate to that, understand that God has moved mountains. Yes, we know that God can cause walls to fall. Uh, we know that God can use his power to perform miracles. And, and because of that, we know that there's nothing that's impossible. And believe it or not, that's why many of us are standing here because we understand that God is the God that made a way. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, uh, God made a way. So in this moment right here, yes, uh, we find ourselves with a defining moment and Moses now is facing a difficult mission. Uh, he's calling 
uh, God is calling him to go back. It's time to go back, Moses. This is the finding moment. It's time to go back. Go back to the place you left. Go back to the place you threw in the towel. Go back to the place when you did it in your flesh and now do it in faith. Go back and tell Pharaoh. In other words, you have to speak the truth, but speak the truth in love. Yeah, and tell Pharaoh it's time to let God's people go. So after we understand the importance, yes, Lord, of uh, understand the importance of a divining moment, understand the importance of the difficult mission. Last and definitely not least, amen, I want to talk about uh, a divine method. Yes, a divine method. Uh, typically, uh, many of us who are put in a position where we're able to hire people or many of us who've been on the other side of the table who uh, 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 have been hired by others. Typically, when you're looking for a candidate for a job, a candidate for a position, uh, naturally, we look for the most qualified candidate. Yes, we look for the most qualified candidate, a divine method. Yes, uh, uh, we look naturally, yes, we look at their resume. Uh, we look at their references. We check all of their credentials, hallelujah, uh, and look at all the things that they've done before. Yes, uh, uh, naturally speaking, we look for an ideal candidate, candidate uh, based on, and we choose and select based on the most qualified person for the job. But Isaiah put it this way, that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. For as high as the heaven is above the earth, so far are his, high, his thoughts above our, high, uh, above our thoughts. Yes, I want to talk about a divine method, yes. But so it, naturally we look for the most candidate, but I believe sometimes spiritually God looks for the most uh, unqualified candidate. He often chooses the least likely person uh, to do what God has called us to do in this particular time. Yes, Lord. As a matter of fact, even in the creation, we understand that God could take something that looks like nothing and make something out of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And then God can take nothing and speak and create something. Yes, uh, God in the creation, he took the dust of the earth. And as Dr. Rainey would say, dust is dirt's leftover. He took something that looks like nothing and breathed life into it and created something. So God often uses weak instrumentalities, uh, uh, things that don't look like it's uh, it qualified for a job. And he uses it to take to carry out his plan and his purpose in the, in the earth. And that's God's divine method, yes. Uh, again, many of us would choose to do it a different way, but God chooses to use the least likely, uh, oftentimes people who feel unqualified to do what God has called us to do. In other words, God puts his super on our natural to do the supernatural. God puts his extra on our ordinary to do the ordinary. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, because oftentimes when God looks beyond our faults, uh, when God looks beyond who we are and tells us who we are and tells us what our divine purpose is in, in these defining moments, yes, Lord, we often have the same response that Moses had. Moses said, who am I that I should go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go? Uh, who am I? Uh, God, you know my situation. You know my, my, my resume. You know my strengths as well as my weaknesses. Who am I that I should go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go? Uh, as a matter of fact, I left that situation. I fled from that situation because, believe it or not, uh, uh, I murdered a man 
I did something wrong. I, I, I did uh, hit the right heart, uh, but used the wrong method to do something. But now God is saying, you know what, Moses, in this defining moment, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm giving you this, this difficult assignment. Yes, Lord. But I want to let you know today that in the midst of this difficult assignment, I'm giving you a divine method. I'm calling you, yes, uh, the least likely. I'm calling you, the one that feels unqualified. Yes, Lord, I'm calling you to go back and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And let me just say this, my brothers and sisters, because I just believe today that God is calling some unlikely candidates. Yes, he's, he's using a, a divine method. He's, he's calling some people that don't feel qualified. Uh, he, he calling some people, he's calling some people that, that don't feel like they have all the credentials. Uh, some people that, that don't know all of the language. Because some of you understand the history of the text. You know the story. Yes, Moses spent the next two chapters arguing with God. Trying to convince God that he could choose somebody else for the battle. He could choose somebody else. For this charge, he told he told God, you know what? I don't talk right. Uh, I, I'm I'm not eloquent. Exodus four, yeah. My 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 speech is not right. Yes, Moses. Uh, some of you understand. Uh, he was one that stuttered. Yeah. Uh, he understood that he had a record. He understood that he stuttered. Yes, Lord. And then he understood who he was facing. Uh, he understood that Pharaoh was not going to hear. As a matter of fact, God told him in this chapter right here that when I send you back. Uh, Pharaoh is not even going to hear what you would have to say. Now, you would think if God is sending you to something, yes, Lord, if God is calling you somewhere, you would think he'd say, okay, once you obey God's will, everything is just going to fall into place and everything is just going to be easy. But I want to let you know today that God is saying, you know what, it, it's not always easy, but it's always worth it. And, and, and just like Moses, I just believe that many of us, that God is calling, yes, Lord, as the church, yeah, as the church, as the God's chosen people, uh, uh, at the ages of reconciliation, ages of unity, ages of healing, uh, that God is saying to some of us, you know, when we feel just like Moses, that, that we don't feel qualified. Uh, we don't feel like we know the right language. We don't know what to call certain people. Uh, we don't, we're not multiculturally educated. Uh, uh, but I want to let you know today that that's a good start. Just like Moses, you, you should ask the question, who am I? Uh, am I part of the problem? Am I part of the solution? Uh, uh, who am I? Because believe it or not, we need to understand our, our motivation for ministry. Uh, who am I? What, what have I done that has helped the situation? What have I done that hinders the situation? I believe that's a good start, but I believe, you know what, uh, we shouldn't stop there. Because believe it or not, in God's plan, yes, uh, when God is saying this is divine method, it really doesn't matter who we are. Yes, what matters is who he is. Uh, because in the middle of all of that, when Moses said that he didn't have, uh, oftentimes when we look beyond our ourselves and, and all of our qualities and capabilities, yes, Lord, we don't feel qualified, yes. Uh, David ran into the same situation when God was calling him. He said, who am I that I was here marry the king's daughter? Yes, Lord, Isaiah uh, ran into the same situation when God was calling him to be a prophet into the nations. Yes, Lord, he, he, he was talking about that he wasn't qualified. Jeremiah, uh, uh, he said that he was too young. But I just believe that God still uses unlikely candidates. Yes, and although that you may not feel qualified, God says, you know what? In the midst of all of that, guess what? I can qualify you because it really doesn't matter 
matter who you are, the Bible says, yes, Lord, in verse number 14, it, what's important is who I am. Uh, uh, not important who you are, but who I am. Uh, God says, when they ask you who you are, when they ask you who sent you on this divine mission, uh, you, you ought to say that I am that I am sent me. In other words, God says, uh, what's most important is not who you are, Moses, but, but who I am. Does anybody know that in the midst of this, that God's divine method is that he will be with us? Yes, Lord, uh, that God has promised that in the midst of all of that, that he will be with us. Yes, Lord, that he will do just what he said that he would do. Yes, Lord. He, uh, he told Moses, if you go, I will speak for you. Yes. Uh, Exodus 4, chapter 12 says that now go for it and I will be your mouth and I will teach you what to say. Exodus 4, 15. Now you should speak to him, put the words in his mouth and I will, uh, will be your mouth with his mouth and I will teach you what you shall do. He sent Aaron to help him. Yes, Lord. And God is with us. Yes, Lord. As a matter of fact, God said, I will be with you. He even told Joshua that in Joshua 1, Fine. Yes, Lord. He said, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I shall be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you understand that you and God are still a majority? Yes, Lord. That you have the power of the world's greatest superpower by your side. That God will never leave nor forsake you. That he will equip for every battle. Yes, Lord. And because God is on your team. Uh, God says that we are victorious. Yes, Lord. And the things that you can't do, God is saying, you know what? We need to cast that upon him because he can do it. Amen. And God has promised that he will be with us. As a matter of fact, in Isaiah 43, he said it this way. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you walk through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Isaiah 43 and 2. Because God has promised that he will be with you. As a matter of fact, Jesus' last words before he ascended up on the earth. Amen. In Matthew 28, verse 20, he says, teaching you to observe all things. And, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Uh, so God's divine method is that he chooses the unlikely. He puts his super on our natural. Amen, amen, amen. To do the supernatural. Yes, he puts his extra on our ordinary so that we can do the extraordinary. And my brothers and sisters, what the Spirit of the Lord wants to let us know today is that God is calling us in this defining moment. This is the defining moment. Yes, Lord, just like in many defining moments that we've had down through the history of our country. This is a defining moment. This is the moment that we're defi being defined as a country uh, collectively and even defined, uh, defining moments for us individually. Yes, Lord, defining moments. Uh, and we have a difficult mission. I understand it. it's not easy. I understand many of us have participated in the process before. Many of us have been discouraged, and we can give God a number of reasons why we're not qualified, uh, why this is not the time that I should participate. Hallelujah. Uh, it is chess. It's not checkers. It is a difficult mission. But believe it or not, God uses, uh, uh, has a divine method. He has a divine method uh, of working all things together for our good. He has a divine method of not choosing people who are super qualified. Because believe it or not, if you got too many credentials, you, we have a tendency to take the, take the credit ourselves. This time, when God deals with uh, the issues that face our nation, this time uh, when he deals with this great pandemic, uh, this time when he deals with 
this great depression, with this great divide. Uh, God doesn't want any of us to stand back and say, you know what? It was all because of me. All he's looking for is a good, few good men uh, that may not have the right credentials, uh, may not have qualified hands, uh, but does have a capable heart. Uh, if you're willing to join the process, God is saying, I'm calling you higher. Uh, I just believe today that God desires to deliver all his people. God is, he sent his son, Jesus, to lose the bound and to set the captive free. He sent his son, Jesus, that to liberate all of those that are oppressed. He sent his son, Jesus, and even in John 17, the last words is that we may be one, that we may be united uh, as a country and as a people. The problem is multifaceted. There are other people that play a part in the process. But what I believe God is doing today, in this defining moment, calling us to the difficult mission and letting us know that he has a divine method. And now all he wants us to do is have the right heart. Uh, if the Lord needs somebody, Isaiah said in Isaiah 6, here am I, send me, I'll go. And I want to let you know today that I just believe that's the call to the church. That's what God is calling the church to do. Because of the church, we can move mountains. We can cause walls to fall. We can slay giants. We can overcome every obstacle. And we can make this world what God has called us to be. And then again, there are some things that we'll never see on this side of eternity. Uh, there are some things that God will say, you know what, because of who Jesus is, because of what Jesus has done, he's calling us that he's going to deliver us from all of this one day. And if we receive him as Savior and Lord, that we can go over there where the wicked shall cease from troubling and the weary shall be at rest. And we can be in a situation where we truly experience the land of milk and honey, a true promised land. But right now, before uh, we stand before him, the question to consider is, what about you? Uh, will you be a part of the solution? Uh, or will you just continue to be a part of the problem? I just believe it's not a time to do nothing. God is calling us to do something. Yes, in this defining moment, take on the difficult mission. Yes, Lord, and look at the divine method that God has called. And we will be victorious. We'll do everything that God has called us to do. We can be agents of healing and reconciliation. The word of God for the people of God and the people of God did say, amen.